Welcome to Service Headline News. I am Marty Smith. I'm Eric Perot. I'm Jake Walsh. And I'm Scott Westfall. And we're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all service men and women. So sit back, get informed, turn your record on, and maybe have a laugh as the Swearing In Podcast presents Service Headline News. Gentlemen, it's good to have you all here. And for those listening, we got a newcomer, Senior Master Sergeant Retired Scott Westfall from the U.S. Air Force. Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Eric, what happened on this day in history? Well, gentlemen, I got a good one. This was uh, the day, uh, 1776, 19 October, when the Americans defeated the British at Yorktown. Hopelessly trapped at Yorktown, Virginia, British General Lord Cornwallis surrenders 8,000 British soldiers and seamen to a larger Franco-American force, effectively bringing an end to the American Revolution. Gentlemen, I'm going to forego how he got there, but in the end, a British fleet under Admiral Thomas Graves failed to break the French naval superiority at the Battle of Virginia Capes on September 5th, denying Cornwallis his expected reinforcements. On October 19th, General Cornwallis surrendered 7,087 officers and men, 900 seamen, 144 cannons, 15 galleys, a frigate, and 30 transport ships, pleading illness. He did not attend the surrender ceremony, but his second-in-command, Charles, General Charles O'Hara, carried Cornwallis's sword to the Americans and French commanders. As the British and the Haitian troops marched out to the surrender song, the British band played the song, The World Turned Upside Down. Although the war persisted on the high seas and in other theaters, the Patriot victory at Yorktown effectively ended fighting in the American colonies. Peace negotiations began in 1782, and on September 3rd, 1783, the Treaty of Paris was signed, formally recognizing the United States as a free and independent nation after eight years of war. That, gentlemen, happened today in 1776. That's a good day in history. No doubt. Uh, okay, first story. Let's see. Arm, Army combat fitness test is official as of 1 October 2022. So I didn't even realize. I didn't. I never even heard anything. that I know they were experimenting with it, and there were various iterations over several years. I guess this is decade long they were trying to change this test. But they finally settled on this new Army combat fitness test, and it's, a, it's official on the 1st of October. The ACFT became the official test of record for active duty soldiers on October 1. It's a far more complicated event than its predecessor, the Army Physical Fitness Test, or APFT, that the service has used since 1980. That was only a three-event test measuring push-ups, sit-ups, and a timed two-mile run. The APFT was largely seen as too simple, possibly an overcorrection from other prior fitness tests that sometimes used ladders optical courses, and other logistically burdensome requirements. There was a, a part in that article that was talking about Teddy Roosevelt is the first one who made like fitness tests mandatory for service members. And it was something uh, like a 20-mile march, uh, I, I think, or something. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Um, and then uh, it was like a horseback ride. You had to go like 100 miles over a couple of days. 
It was crazy. <laughs> That's hardcore. I like that. <laughs> no Meanwhile, like- Air Force is delaying their first fitness test till 23 because of COVID. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You well, guys haven't done anything for the last three years, so let's <laughs> delay it a little bit longer. I'm sure they should be tip-top by the time they roll that out. Oh, yeah. Okay, the Army Combat Fitness Test is a six-event test. Each event is scored to a max of 100 points. You fail an event if you score below 60 points. All right? So uh, most of these are fairly explanatory, but there's a couple that I'm going to have to talk you through because I had to watch the videos on them to see what they were talking about. All right. The first event is a three repetition max deadlift. So your deadlift the maximum weight possible three times. So to get a hundred points, I just took the age scale for 22 to 26 year olds. All right. There's, there's one for 17 to 21 and then it's graduate graduated up from there. So I just took the 22 to 26. So to max, to get 100 points in the event for a males age 22 to 26, you got to do 340 pounds three times. I'd have smoked that ass. Minimum huh. uh, to get 60 points in event, anything below that you fail it. So the minimum for 22 to 26 year old males is 140 pounds. All right. Wow. Max points for females age 22 to 26 is 230 pounds, and their minimum is 120 pounds. Right. Mm. So you do that event and it doesn't say how much rest time you get in between events. Uh, but you're doing that event. You move to your event number two, which is called the standing power throw. All right. <laughs> and as I describe this, just think of all the back profiles that are going to come up. I'm pretty sure I pulled that move the other night. <laughs> Did not go over well. You didn't get max points on it. There was no max points given. (laughs) Mostly due to chafing. Uh, All right. Standing power throw. Throw a 10-pound medicine ball backward and overhead for distance. Oh, nice. So you're standing, you're back to the start line, and you you chuck it over your back, over your head. Uh, The max to get 100 points for males 22 to 26, you got to throw it 13 meters. The minimum is 6.3 meters. Well, how the hell far is 13 meters? Well, I don't know. That's not even an American unit. That's I like- know. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was like, all right, they've got one of the events in this calculator. One of the events in this test is a two mile run. Yet the standing power throw is measured in meters. So, it's like six feet. what's that? It's like six feet. Yes. Seven, seven feet. <laughs> Wait, 13 meters? 13 right? meters. 42 feet. 40. Yeah. That's, well, that's, now that's a little better. That's what I'm talking about. All right. And the minimum is 6.3 meters. Communist. What, 18 feet? Communist. Are you converting? 20 it? feet. Yeah, I got the I got the calculator right now. 20 feet. So the minimum is you just drop it off the back of your head. Yeah, 20 feet though. Well, 20 no, feet. minimum's 20 feet. What what is this proving? That you don't drop it on your head? Like I don't know. I, I, how, many, you know, I don't, how many closed head injuries are coming out of this? I'm with I'm with Marty though. There's a lot of lower back straining going on here. Now go the guy who's doing who's pushing 25 years in. Right? Yeah. 
you know, that's that E7 or E8. And they're like, okay, take this medicine ball. And he's like, fuck that. I'm retired. <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna watch my intestines pop out of my yeah. goes over. Especially if you haven't been doing it this whole time, right? Well, right, right. And they and I and I guess this has been since 2019, they've been proposing that they switch over to this new test. So uh so you know, I'm sure their briefing is like, oh, they're working towards it. And I was like, no, they're not. They're not gonna work towards it until it's mandatory. So yeah, well. Um but anyway, the max for the females, 22 to 26, is eight and a half meters, and their men is four meters. Cool. So, but they're all throwing the same 10-pound medicine ball. All right. That's cool. Uh third event. Now, this one is a weird one. Hand release push-up arm extension. All right. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's the worst title they could ever give it. Complete as many hand release push-ups as possible in two minutes. So the video showed the person starts on the ground, right? Your your chest is on the ground, and you're ready to do a push-up. You on on go, you push up, you lower yourself back to the ground, then you raise your arms out, you lift your hands up, and you raise your arms out straight to the side, and then bring them back to the start position, and that's one repetition. That's that's the exact push-up that that world record holder, the Marine Beard, had to do. The burpee? The burpee holder, yeah. So, so that's, that's that's the push-up she had to do in to accompany the burpee to win that um, world record. Wow. Wow. I'm having trouble envisioning this push-up. Is yeah, it- yeah, that's why I wanted to show you the video. It has you, it all yeah, on the video. You basically lay down and do the airplane. Minus the noise. Well, you start and you, do, you do a push, push up, up and down, and then yeah. you yeah you you throw your hands out straight to the side, and then you bring yeah. it back to the start. I would be That's almost point. like a rest in between the push up. It is until you see what you got to do in two minutes. So the max for males twenty two to twenty six is sixty one. Ooh shit! Yeah, I remember when I could do that in two minutes. Oh, what? different. Sorry. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> The men for males, 22 to 26. The men for males. The minimum hand release push-up arm extension for males, 22 to 26. If if the max, you get 100 points for 61, right? What do you think you would get 60 points for? 25. That's what I would think. Yeah, like, okay. It's 10. (laughs) You do 10 and you still score 60 points. My kind of military. In I'm two still minutes. In. So, man, uh, I would maximize my effort on that one. <laughs> you get ma- 12 out of me on that. <laughs> and one for the first sergeant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, max for females 22 to 26 is 50, and their men is also 10. Huh. So interesting. Okay, they're is moving that on. Also to, 60? No, it's 50. Their max is uh, 50. Okay. So if you if you watch the video, Army has a whole website dedicated to this thing, and it shows oh, videos gosh. for each one. And so they do a push-up, they lay down on the ground, then they throw their hands out and bring them back. And I I I'm kind of interested in trying it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm retired. I don't need to try it then. All right, the next event is what they call a sprint. Drag carry. 
right? It's a horrible name because it doesn't really tell you what it is. Um, but you conduct five 50-meter shuttles, 25 meters down, 25 meters back per time. Um, and the shuttles, you do something different on each each shuttle. So the first shuttle, remember, it's 25, I think it's 25 meters down, 25 meters back. So the first shuttle is just sprint down and back. Then the second, once you come back, you grab this 90-pound weight with straps and you drag it on the ground. You drag it all the way for 25 meters and you drag it all the way back. Then the third one is a lateral shuffle. So you face sideways and you laterally shuffle 25 meters and then you come, you shuffle 25 meters to your right and then you come back, shuffle 25 meters to your left. The fourth lap, you come back. So when you're done with the shuffle, you come back and you get a kettlebell, 40 pounds in each hand. And then you take that down 25 meters, come back. And then, and the then, fifth, and then your fifth lap is a, just a sprint. So you close it all out with a sprint. So it sounds complicated. I watched the video and this, they have this female, army female doing it. And she's really gentle and, and jogging it and stuff. And you're like, God. So what they do is they time it. They time how long it takes you to do all five of these shuttles. So it the, sounds like a square dance to me. It yeah. sounds like CrossFit games. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like so you, guys. you sprint down and back. You grab a 90 pound weight. You drag it down and back. Then you do a lateral shuffle. You down and back. Then you grab two kettlebells down and back. And then you sprint down and back. Now, as I was watching the video and she was going very slow just to demonstrate the technique and where you got to touch the lines and all that stuff. I was like, uh, you're this, this is really, it's, it's not complicated. It's just a lot. Right. But the max for males, this is what I was shocked me. So it must not be that hard because the max for males, 22 to 26 is one minute and 30 seconds. Holy shit. That's what I was thinking. One minute Wait, and 30 uh, seconds. Holy shit. So that's for 100 points. For the minimum, for 60 points, is two minutes and 31 seconds. Yeah. So maybe it's not as hard as I'm thinking of it is in my in my head. Well, it's 80, using those times. You're going 80 feet, right? 80 feet down and back. Yeah, okay. But still, you're doing it five times. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but a minute, you know, so that's a, that's a, that's a chore to get a minute and 30 for uh, a max time. Uh, max for females, 22, 26 is 155. And the men is 315. So it's weird. So you've already done, now you've done deadlifts, standing power, throw your back out, uh, your hand release, push up arm extension. You did your sprint, drag, carry. Now your fifth event, you get a plank. <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> odd. I guess they didn't want to do sit-ups because of all the potential back injuries and all that kind of stuff. So the max for males plank, you, you just hold it for as long as possible, uh, is three minutes and 35 seconds. Now that seems easy, uh, but for me, every time I had to do that CrossFit bullshit and we had to do planks yeah um, my elbows and shoulders are kind of jacked so sitting on that with that weight on my elbows and shoulders always hurt more than actually my abs did 
didn't the Marine Corps go to, they have a standard fitness test, which is run, pull up, and sit up or something like that. But then they have the total body fitness test where you have to do something very similar to this, where it's like ammo can carry, sprint, yeah, they had. Yeah, there was grenade. like a combat thing that they did too. Yeah, right. Exactly, it was a, yeah. it was an alternate test. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it was the test that went in their records, but it was like another oh. test to see how fit they were, or something, something to that effect. But I do remember you talking about or them them doing something alternatively like that beyond their own fit test. Now, yeah. I guess the army was toying around with um, like a knee tuck where you're hanging from the bar. And you got to bring your knees up or something like that. I there's a whole there's a whole series of articles about which events got kept and which events got dropped. And it was like, eh, what whatever. Here's where you are. So they settled on the plank. So max is three thirty five. Men is one twenty five. Max for females. Look at this. Max for females is three thirty five, and the men for females is one twenty five. So it's the same scorecard for males and females. Yeah. Good to see. That makes sense. I think women are are more apt at doing the plank. They seem to it doesn't bother them. I know women were always better at doing sit ups than men were. Yeah, because it had to had something to do with their center of gravity and their body, uh, and uh, they, they were better able to do sit ups than men were. But uh, the last event is a two mile run. Uh, the max for males 22 to 26 is 1327. The men for males is 22 minutes. Uh, max for females is 15 minutes. And the men for females is 2315. And that completes your Army Combat Fitness Test 4 record. That's pretty fast on that run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's moving. That's moving. I'm not sure I could complete that. <laughs> <laughs> So they get Eric up there with that first one, and he's like, deadlift, put 500 on there. Adam. Let oh, me yeah, show please. you. Give it to me. And then they get to the the sixth event. And I'm like, and Eric, I, you ready I, to run? And he's like, ooh, that deadlift took it out of me. I got to walk, <laughs> boss. I got to walk. <laughs> but that's how it always goes, right? I mean, uh, some of those strength events uh, are one thing, and then uh, you get into the endurance events. So. Anyway, that's the uh, Army Combat Fitness Test, which is official on 1 October. So good luck to all you Army dudes and do that. Yeah, that Marine Corps one is a two-lap run, ammo can over your head, like press up for two minutes straight. Um, And then the combat maneuver. How how heavy is that ammo can? 30-pound ammo can overhead from shoulder height for... Yeah, max reps for two minutes. And then the 300-yard shuttle run, which Marines are paired by size, so you actually have a combat buddy. And you sprint, and then you do an agility course, high crawl, low crawl, buddy drag, fireman carry, and then the ammo can carry, push-ups, and grenade throw. Well, that's all very practical. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, practical that's, application is the way it should be. That's yeah. all super useful stuff. So, yeah, yeah especially for, for Marines, them at least. Uh, for Marines, because the majority yeah. of them are combat guys. 
Yeah, the the Air Force equivalent one. Let me look at the. Oh, sorry, Space Force one <laughs> is the uh, two minute timed Facebook scroll, <laughs> and with a minimum of four likes. <laughs> <laughs> the lumbar adjust. Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Where's Scott? Is Scott even still on this damn thing? He's taking a nap. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing my keggles. <laughs> That's the new army one, right? <laughs> no, it's not gender specific. It is not 100. percent That's what I heard. All right, Eric, ball. what do you got? <laughs> Marty, if, if if I may beg your patience for a moment, I, I wanted to talk to you about this earlier and I forgot and I just wanted to bring it up. It, it's something for conversation and yeah. discussion between the four of us. I, and I found it really interesting when I found it. Um, I don't know if you guys even read it today, but there was this article about a right wing think tank in Washington. It's called the Right Wing Heritage Foundation. Oh, I've heard of the Heritage Foundation. Yeah. So apparently every year they rank the military overall with a score, and then they rank the individual branches with a score. And and it's not a number score, but it's a word score. And I found it interesting today that this think tank has concluded that right now the U.S. military is weak and may not be able to win a war amid heightened tensions with Russia and China. So this foundation downgraded its assessment of the U.S. military from marginal, which it appraised in 2021, to now weak. I was just wondering what you fellas thought about that. (laughs) Give that four rainbows and two unicorns and one chestnut. (laughs) I mean, it went as far as saying it's at growing risk of not being able to meet the demands of defending America's vital national interest and is weak relative the force relative to the force needed to defend national interests on a global stage against actual challenges in the world as it is rather than as we wish it were. I, I was unbelievable. In fact, every branch, with the exception of the Marine Corps, got below marginal, and the Marine Corps' overall rating was a uh, strong. They got a strong, but every other branch, and guess who got the worst? The Air Force. Very weak. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know what they base that on because uh, I, 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 I mean, it's easy to buy into all the all the hype, all the talking heads on the news, and all that shit, and all the woke stuff, and they're like, military is not ready to do this. And you see the the videos of like. <clears throat> who was that? What was that video a couple months ago? It was some army uh, assembly or something like that, and some some army E four female just like went off uh, on her superiors in front of everybody, and it was somebody caught it on video and put it viral, and it's like, okay, well that's dumb. But it's dumb. You know, I mean, I think the army when you come down to small unit stuff, uh, I think generally the small units are good. You know, I, well, I think overall, when you, we were talking about retention, recruiting is down, uh, the state of readiness because of the age of our equipment. I, I think that we have a tendency to do this ebb and flow thing where it takes us a while where there's a core group of people saying, 
hey, we need to address this issue. We need to address this issue of we may be weak in this place. And it takes us getting punched in the face or getting into a serious situation. And then all of a sudden, we spring into action and all the bullshit falls to the side. The whole acquisition process basically turns off and says, okay, forget it. We need this now. Go. Right. Yeah. Right. And and all the additional training just goes away in the drop of a hat. All that stuff just is like, okay, we're doing what's mandatory. Go now. Get the job done. I think no, that's true. Really I mean, that's that. true. All the way up, all the way up until like the eighties. Um, we were I, I think always even, fighting. We were always fighting like the war before. Right. Yeah. I think even like early, early, like think about the IED situation and IED problem that didn't go through any acquisitions. Solving no, that's any, true. Any it was kind of thing all, like, okay, Hey, this is a problem. Solve it right now. Go. Yeah. It was all Jew you on know? stuff. They were just like, yeah. hey, go put this out there. Let's see if it works. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, even early days of Vietnam or mid days of Vietnam, when Russia gave the SA twos to Vietnam, and they were just wrecking everybody. We right. had no air superiority over Vietnam. And then they invented the wild weasel guys. That whole program from, hey, this is a problem. We need to invent the, the technology, the radar, basically homing or identification technology to training EWO officers to putting in it in their craft and getting it in the field it only took 89 days really? to do all yeah it's amazing it only did it was literally like guys do this now go mm-hmm. oh just to just to shed some light on what what we're talking and that's a great headline eric this uh, everybody on the panel is some kind of international policy, senior policy fellow at another organization. So they come together into the this group. Everybody except for an F-16 pilot is a, is a policy analyst, right? And there are four questions they ask that headline the report. Number one, do forces possess, U.S. forces possess operational capabilities that are relevant to modern warfare? Number two, can they defeat the military forces of an opposing country? Number three, do they have sufficient amount of capabilities? Number four is the force sufficiently trained to win in combat based on three scenarios, defense of the homeland, successful, successful conclusion of a major war in a regional conflict. And then third is preservation of freedom of movement within the global commons, which is international water, air, and space. Now, to be fair, China is definitely a near peer in my mind if not full-on peer yeah i don't think i think there's i think there's nobodies and there's peers and that's about it like yeah I, good call I don't buy into All the near right. sounds like something you say on tv so but then, there's, but then there's a but then there's a lot the of assumptions guys i think the foundation here really also bases their assumptions on a future two-front capability russia being one based on their invasion of ukraine China being two, based on their invasion, potential invasion of Taiwan. So America standing in the middle going, we could have potentially a two-front conflict. Are we prepared for that? Especially like World War II, you had the European theater, 
Pacific Theater, the assumptions this foundation make is based on the two fronts. Right. The, it's called the uh, it's called the well, it's called the, the new one's called the 1961 two contingency model, which dates back to about 1880. Be that as it may, um, nobody's fought a modern war battle. I mean, the closest we got was Iraq. Yeah. And, and Iraq's tactics were like, hey, let's bury ourselves in a hole and and maybe we'll survive. Uh, they just had a bunch of ammo that was going to expire. We had to put you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we have had air superiority since uh, what? Mid 60s, late 60s. So uh, we had, you know, we haven't had ground forces attacked and since then from the air. So now China has an air force, Russia has an air force, so that's different. But they haven't fought anybody uh, with the same capabilities either. So I think when they get down to talking about readiness, and it's a it's a little bitter to go, oh, these guys, you know, American Army's not ready. I don't know. Go out to the National Training Center. Go out to Grafenbeer. How are the exercises going? How are these guys doing out yeah. there? You know, are they maneuvering <laughs> properly? Are they? Are they performing what they're supposed to be doing properly? You know, th- none of those assessments are coming into play, it, or at least it doesn't seem like they're coming into play. Um, go out to the Air Force's exercises. You know, I, 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 uh, how does what's the big one in uh, Korea? Uh, Ultra Focus Lens or Bow Eagle, Bow Eagle, uh, or yeah, CPT. Yeah. So in, any of those? Command, how are those combined command post training now? How are those exercises going? Are they are we just failing objectives or are we like no they're pretty good? So it's it's tough to sit now when when you get into numbers like I've read those articles about the the numbers of the navy ships that could be a big issue because we're way down, right? We we haven't put enough new ships out in the last 20 years to match China's navy. Yeah. Um so I, I think numbers, yeah, we're in big trouble. Um, their, their air-to-air capability is is impressive. Who's that? China. Well, sure, they got they got loads of it, <laughs> right? Yeah. But at the same time, you see. Now this may be making unfair assumptions, but at the same time, you see Russia kind of bogged down in Ukraine, big time. Yeah. Now they're, they're not Japanese. throwing everything at them. I get that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, um, you know, uh, we're pretty good at war fighting, you know, sea land battle or air sea land battle, whatever the, whatever the new doctrine is. Uh, we're pretty good at coordinating that. Even though I've been in the midst of some of that coordination, I was like, Ooh, that was lucky. We got that pulled off. Right. Because <laughs> um, there's so many different nets. There's so many moving pieces. Fog of war starts like, you know, minute one yeah, into an operation. Quick. Uh, but still, uh, we're still pretty good. We're still pretty precise. Um, so it's hard. To, it's hard to understand what, why they base that. You know what, what they do, uh, especially when you consider our combat forces. Well, sure. And and as a retiree, it's hard to hear somebody that may or may not have ever been participating in the conflict tell me that our forces are weak now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Scott. So I got so I'm debating on how much detail I want to go into because I work, I train the forces right well, now. At least don't, go, don't go into any detail. But I will say this. I'm still in the game because I still care about the kids that are going downrange and, and 
don't have any tools to do it with. But I got to tell you what, I, I don't see a solution. Well, I think there's only two ways you can you can change your course. You can change it on your own or the enemy can change it for you. And I don't know who said it, but I think there's some history in that. The Americans go in and go, yeah, we're here and we're bad. And we get kicked in the nuts. We go, okay, okay, okay. All right. All right. Got to clean it up here. And then we change our (laughs) tactics and and pull it out. Well, I did. I to emphasize that um, if you think about how uh, Desert Storm went down, right, when they kind of they kind of powered down to. uh, Colin Powell and Schwarzkopf and, you know, that plan that they executed it resulted in a hundred hour war, right? You know, it was quick. Um, but when you get into uh, the invasion or when we went into Afghanistan and then the powers, and this is what worries you, you know, the powers that be the joint chiefs, uh, the, you know, the commander in chief, all that was like, Hey, turn around. We're going to go to Iraq. And they're like, what? And they did it. They just totally left that theater and went to Iraq. So uh, I think the units can fight. I think they're more than ready. I think they're willing to fight uh, and they're capable to fight, even though they may be low on, a, on numbers and equipment. But the policy, I don't know what policies are going to follow. You know, that's where it's got to get scary. It's like, I mean, look at Bosnia. Bosnia was just, okay, they got all conflicted in policy. And it was just air support. It's crazy. I will make this observation. I think combat and encounters remain very much traditionally kinetic. Uh, for as much as That's we hype. Good point. Yeah, fair. The cyber side, I, I, I think it, remi- it reminds me a lot of Y2K. All of the, the craziness and, oh, my God. and the Well, this is a. Nobody knows what cyber is, except for the cyber guys. You know, right? I mean, except for the sys admins and the, the program. Nobody knows what it is. So we all put it on the news. And, oh my God, it's cyber this and cyber that, and they're gonna shut down the world. But I, I think that kinetics and and maneuver remain the dominant forces in conflict. And if we can, you know, I mean, we're space enabled, but if we can maintain the idea that yeah, we're gonna have to fight in the dark. Uh, I, I don't know that that the battlefield has changed sufficiently that we are suddenly out of the game. Readiness. That's a, that's a much better way to say what I was trying to say. Uh, yeah. I, I think the, the maneuver units are ready to go, but uh, if China attacks Taiwan, I don't have the greatest faith in what our policy will be. No. Yeah. Well, you mean what the response will be? What we'll do? Yeah, I, th- I think they'll they'll be like one foot in, one foot out. We got to do something funky so we don't Ooh. fully commit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that'll suck. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's yeah, more well. scary than anything else. Yeah, I mean they totally took back what Hong Kong during COVID, right? Yeah. So and and yeah. then the rest of the world was like, yeah, okay. I, it's hard to say when you find out that the, uh, you know, McCain was destroyed <laughs> because they let a cargo ship run into the side of it while it anchored. Like, these are the kind of things that make me scratch. Because I don't know. I that don't is true. Yeah. It's hard to say when stuff like that's happening. And then, you know, all the stuff about you know, COVID policies and then the right. ship, you know, they, they relieved his commander because he said something on the PA, but then everybody right. wanted him back. Like, it's hard to say. Because everything's about clicks. I don't know how to get a real story out of it. But the Navy, in my experience, while well, the Navy and the Marines, 
are the most experienced fighting in the dark, fighting without space, fighting without comms, fighting without all the special cool stuff that we have. And they're the ones that, you know, to project power into Taiwan, you got to do it with the Navy and, and I guess the Air Force, but, you know, predominantly the Navy and Marines. I agree. I just I, I just worry that uh, you got some commander of a cruiser out there is like, hey, we got these guys and they're they're we're in their sights. Can we fire? And the guy's like, do not fire until fired upon, you know, it's like, you know something like that. It's like too late, you know, uh, but we're not. Gonna, it, it doesn't seem like we're going to take the initiative. You know, no, I Desert, definitely agree with that. We won't be the first. Desert Storm was initiative. Man, they, they rolled. They're like, we're going and we're not looking back, right? Highway of death, here's what you get. Yeah. Right? Especially and, if we have our current administration in office still. We will not be the first. No. And that's and that's gonna put uh, the you know the combat units that we were talking about who are capable, that's gonna put them at pause and at risk and everything else. And you know, it's not gonna be to try to win a war. Uh, it's going to be to, I don't know. It, that's, that's the scary proposition. Does it feel like, uh, I mean, for me, it feels like that the current popular overall, this like mindset is kind of one of, okay, let's pull back. Let's not deal with any of this crap. Let's fix what's going on with our country first. And just based on, Afghanistan and all the other stuff that's happening, it seems like the national mindset doesn't feel like a reach out and fix problems beforehand or do something like that. No, they don't want any of that. Yeah. It's much more isolationism again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, ah, we shouldn't be involved in their world problems. Well, we should get involved in certain situations because that makes your life easier. Actually, I just want to make a deal. You guys to get Taiwan. Fine. We get Canada. (laughs) <laughs> shake hands deal deal all right on behalf of master sergeant parat senior master sergeant wall and senior master sergeant westfall i'd like to thank you for listening today i hope you enjoyed the show and if you did please leave a like and share the podcast with someone else let us know how we did in the comments and as always make sure to download the next episode for more service headline news gentlemen it's been a pleasure i'll see you next week all right, we'll see you. We'll see you. We'll see you, Marty. And uh, Scott, just remember, I like my yoga pants like I like my haircuts. I am tight. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, everyone.